Welcome to Drifted Podcast with Justin Kane. I'm your host and I welcome you today as you continue your journey of walking free from religion and functional Christianity into a relationship with God, one that is full of joy, discovery, and grace. Enjoy today's episode. understanding is that it reveals the father's heart. Um, let me see. I'm going to finish off with this. Hey, Jim, can you go ahead and see how your audio is? Read Luke 15, 11 through the whole story, if you don't mind, 11 through 32. Luke 15, 11 through 32. You hear me? Yep. Hear you great. Thank you. All right. Luke 15, 11 through 32. Yep. Then he said, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. Okay. Stop. Real, stop there real quick. I just want to kind of interject while you read. First of all, this kid is making a very, very clear point. Dad, I don't want you in my life anymore. Therefore, give me what is mine. I'm going to consider you as dead. It's the only way that you can get an inheritance is when the father passes on. So he says, Dad, I want what is due to me, but I want it now because we're done. And the father didn't slap him. It didn't say that he kicked him out. It actually said that he gave. This reveals the father's heart. And this is the covenant that we live in. And this is why it's so mind boggling because many of us are like the older brother. Many of us are reading this are not the prodigal son that we, we can relate to. I want you to think of yourself as the older brother witnessing this. So you just heard from your dad. Where's, where's, where's my brother? Oh, he took off. Took off with what? He has not, no possessions. Oh no, I gave him his inheritance. You gave him your inheritance, his inheritance. Wait, why'd you do that? Because I'm his father. I can do that. Okay, go ahead and read. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the, his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Okay, Jim. You know how many of us feel, you know, we're, hey, man, we love grace and we love people. Do you know what we feel toward people who, who did something wrong to their father, took the inheritance, wasted it? We say they deserve that, right? That's how we feel. And I'm telling you, that is, that is an indictment against all of our hearts that we as the older brother, if we had news of what our brother was going through would be like you know what he deserves everything he's getting and we pass judgment upon that brother and say you know what he's foolish and he deserves it and our own heart acts as though we're superior in some way because we didn't do what our prodigal brother did and so we stand with a little bit of pride and going i'm glad i didn't act like that I'm glad I'm not a fool like that. You know what? He deserves the swine eating with the swine. I deserve my, my father's goodness. So 
Keep going, Jim. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Okay, stop right there. We think that's a good statement. We think that's repentance. That That is... That is hogwash. I don't even know what hogwash is, but if there's anything called hogwash, that's hogwash. He said, you know what? I'm going to go to my father when I'm hungry. And he says, I'm going to tell him this. I've sinned against you and I'm no longer worthy. Why? I disqualified myself. And man, I'm telling you, we would, we would actually agree and say, there's no way he's worthy to come back to the father's house. He has no right to come back to the father's house. There's no way that God should extend to him another opportunity. Go ahead, Jim. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Okay, let me stop real quick. I just want you to see that word had compassion. That is the character of our heavenly father. Why did he run? Because he had compassion. His son was, he knew his son was going to mess up. He knew his son was going to fail. He, he has compassion on the older brother too, because the older brother is stuck in his religious mindset. Our, our father is a father of compassion. He breaks for those who are stuck in pride. He breaks for those who are stuck in foolishness. There is no concept that we have of any human that can act like our father. And yet this reveals the father ran to him, not because he didn't. The it, Love keeps no record of wrong. The father didn't have a record saying, man, my son, when he gets back, I am going to, I'm going to hand it to him. We would as fathers, we would, and rightly so. But our father is so much different. It says he had compassion on him. Go ahead, Jim. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out. Okay, stop real quick. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> he, he said his script and the father talked to his servants. I absolutely love that. Like he had, he wanted nothing to do with what his son was saying. Don't tell me how unworthy you are. Don't tell me about, you don't deserve this. He literally heard what his son said. And it says, and he said to his servants, like, like, okay, cool. Whatever, dude, this is all about me and what I'm about to do for you. Go ahead. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. It put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf and cure and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. Okay, stop right there. Can you imagine the older brother coming, hearing a party's going on? In his heart, he's probably like, cool, man. This is a long day of work. I'm going to now enjoy a feast. And I... And then he sees his brother and then he realizes this party was for his brother. 
I mean, the indignation, the religious indignation in his heart that we all experience, we can't deny it. There is judgment within so many of our hearts toward those who have not acted the part like we have tried to act the part, even though we know we haven't acted the part that rises up and goes, man, there's a party. I'm going to have fun. Wait, this is my brother's home. Wait, we're having a party for who? He's so undeserving of this party. And he starts to now, you know, uh, apply judgment. Go ahead, Jim. Verse 26. So he called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and because he has, has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, lo, these many years I've been serving you. I never transgressed your commandments at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might have Mary with my friends. But as soon as the son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, okay, Jim, stop right there. Do you notice the brother kept record of his wrong? I mean, this is, man, this is so indicting, even of myself of going, I'm not going into that party. And you know what, father, Think about this, guys. This is how transactional religious ways of thinking creeps in. Father, I was deserving of a party. Father, I was deserving of your blessing. Why? Because I've never broke one commandment. And somehow we think we're better than somebody else. And that's what happens in church communities all around is that we mold people and conform people into a religious way of acting and conforming them. And the son's like, and the father's pleading with him, like, why are you keeping a record of your brother's wrong? Who are you to keep a record of your brother's wrong? Okay, go ahead, Jim. And he said to him, son, you are always with me and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Wow. I just want to encourage you all guys. We're under a new covenant. Stop asking God for things. He's done it. He's given it to you. You you don't need to you don't need to negotiate with him. You don't need to say, uh, can I have yes, it's your you have it. You want freedom, it's yours. You want joy, it's yours. You want peace, it's yours. Righteousness, it's yours. Victory, it's yours. Breakthrough, it's yours. There's you're the son, maybe that is standing going, wait, where's my party? You can have a joyful celebration every day with the Lord because of who you are to him. He told the son, I'm always there with you. There, there's never a moment when you couldn't have anything that was actually yours because you're a joint heir with Christ and you're an heir of God. So this new covenant, I hope it sets you free to, to live free, to live with joy between you and God, to live receiving from God, to go in fellowship in your prayer closet and say, God, I just want to be with you. Not because I'm trying to get anything from you. My prayer time is not about trying to get something from you. It's about just discovering how good you are to me and just showing you gratitude that you've overwhelmingly been so good. And so the only difference between any of us as believers is only one thing. Who's going to receive more from the Father by faith? Some are going to receive because they think they deserve it. Others are not going to receive because they think they don't deserve it. But there's only going to be a select few of us that are going to receive knowing we don't deserve it. So we do it by faith and we do it freely 
and we do it with great joy. That's the new covenant that we're under. It's between the Father and the Son, and we are the recipients and the beneficiaries of an amazing covenant that God has made with his Son. And we get to enjoy now the, the blessings that come with it. So I hope you've enjoyed learning more about the covenant. Uh, it's one of grace. It's one of union. It's one of favor. It's one that can't be broken. It's one that reveals the Father's heart. Um, there's so much goodness when it comes to understanding this covenant. It's not a contract. He didn't say this is yours. He said, I am yours and you are mine. That's covenant. And that's the beauty of covenant.